Section 37 of Expository Thoughts on the Gospel of St. Matthew by J. C. Ryle Chapter 8, Verses 1 to 23 Parable of the Sower This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Read by Marianne Matthew chapter 8, Verses 1 to 23 The same day went Jesus out of the house, and sat by the seaside, and great multitudes were gathered together unto him, so that he went into a ship and sat, and the whole multitude stood on the shore. And he spake many things unto them in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went forth to sow. And when he sowed, some seeds fell by the wayside, and the fowls came and devoured them up. Some fell upon stony places, where they had not much earth, and forthwith they sprung up, because they had no deepness of earth. And when the sun was up, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they withered away. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprung up and choked them. But other fell into good ground, and brought forth fruit, some a hundredfold, some sixtyfold, some thirtyfold. Who hath ears to hear, let him hear. And the disciples came and said unto him, Why speakest thou unto them in parables? He answered and said unto them, Because it is given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it is not given. For whosoever hath, to him shall be given, and he shall have more abundance. But whosoever hath not, from him shall be taken away even that he hath. Therefore speak I to them in parables because they seeing see not, and hearing they hear not, neither do they understand. And in them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah, which saith, By hearing ye shall hear, and shall not understand, and seeing ye shall see, and shall not perceive. For this people's heart is waxed gross, and their ears are dull of hearing, and their eyes they have closed lest at any time they should see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and should understand with their heart, and should be converted, and I should heal them. But blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. For verily I say unto you, that many prophets and righteous men have desired to see those things which ye see, and have not seen them, and to hear those things which ye hear, and have not heard them. Hear ye therefore the parable of the sower. When any one heareth the word of the kingdom, and understandeth it not, then cometh the wicked one, and catcheth away that which was sown in his heart. This is he who received the seed by the wayside. But he that received the seed into stony places, the same is he that heareth the word, and anon with joy receiveth it. Yet he hath not root in himself, but dureth for a while, for when tribulation or persecution ariseth because of the word, by and by he is offended. He also that received seed among the thorns is he that heareth the word, and the care of this world, and the deceitfulness of riches, choke the word, and he becometh unfruitful. But he that receiveth seed into the good ground is he that heareth the word, and understandeth it, which also beareth fruit, and bringeth forth, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. The chapter which these verses begin is remarkable for the number of parables which it contains. 
Seven striking illustrations of spiritual truth are here drawn by the great head of the church from the book of nature. By so doing he shows us that religious teaching may draw helps from everything in creation. Those that would find out acceptable words should not forget this. Ecclesiastes chapter 12 verse 10. The parable of the sower, which begins this chapter, is one of those parables which admit of a very wide application. It is being continually verified under our own eyes. Wherever the word of God is preached or expounded, and people are assembled to hear it, the sayings of our Lord in this parable are found to be true. It describes what goes on, as a general rule, in all congregations. Let us learn in the first place from this parable that the work of the preacher resembles that of the sower. Like the sower, the preacher must sow good seed, if he wants to see fruit. He must sow the pure word of God, and not the traditions of the church, or the doctrines of men. Without this his labor will be in vain. He may go to and fro, and seem to say much, and to work much in his weekly round of ministerial duty. But there will be no harvest of souls for heaven no living results, and no conversions. Like the sower, the preacher must be diligent. He must spare no pains. He must use every possible means to make his work prosper. He must patiently sow beside all waters, and sow in hope. He must be instant in season and out of season. He must not be deterred by difficulties and discouragements. He that observeth the wind shall not sow. No doubt his success does not entirely depend upon his labor and diligence. But without labor and diligence, success will seldom be obtained. Isaiah chapter 32 verse 20, 2 Timothy chapter 4 verse 2, Ecclesiastes chapter 11 verse 4. Like the sower, the preacher cannot give life. He can scatter the seed committed to his charge, but he cannot command it to grow. He may offer the word of truth to a people, but he cannot make them receive it and bear fruit. To give life is God's sovereign prerogative. It is the Spirit that quickeneth. God alone can give the increase. John chapter 6, verse 63, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, and verse 7. Let these things sink down into our hearts. It is no light thing to be a real minister of God's word, to be an idol, Formal workman in the church is an easy business. To be a faithful sower is very hard. Preachers ought to be specially remembered in our prayers. In the next place, let us learn from this passage that there are various ways of hearing the word of God without benefit. We may listen to a sermon with a heart like the hard wayside, careless, thoughtless, and unconcerned. Christ crucified may be affectionately set before us, and we may hear of his sufferings with utter indifference, as a subject in which we have no interest. Fast as the words fall on our ears, the devil may pluck them away, and we may go home as if we had not heard a sermon at all. Alas, there are many such hearers. It is as true of them as of the idols of old. Eyes have they, but they see not. They have ears, but they hear not. Psalm 135, verses 16 and 17. Truth seems to have no more effect on their hearts than water on a stone. We may listen to a sermon with pleasure, while the impression produced on us is only temporary and short-lived. 
our hearts like the stony ground may yield a plentiful crop of warm feelings and good resolutions but all this time there may be no deeply rooted work in our souls and the first cold blast of opposition or temptation may cause our seeming religion to wither away alas there are many such hearers the mere love of sermons is no sign of grace thousands of baptized people are like the jews of ezekiel's day thou art unto them as a very lovely song of one that hath a pleasant voice and can play well on an instrument for they hear thy words but they do them not ezekiel chapter thirty three verse thirty two we may listen to a sermon and approve of every word it contains and yet get no good from it in consequence of the absorbing influence of this world our hearts like the thorny ground may be choked with a rank crop of cares pleasures and worldly plans we may really like the gospel and wish to obey it and yet insensibly give it no chance of bearing fruit by allowing other things to fill a place in our affections and insensibly to fill our whole hearts alas there are many such hearers they know the truth well they hope one day to be decided christians but they never come to the point of giving up all for christ's sake they never make up their minds to seek first the kingdom of god and so die in their sins these are points that we ought to weigh well we should never forget that there are more ways than one of hearing the word without profit it is not enough that we come to hear we may come and be careless it is not enough that we are not careless hearers our impressions may be only temporary and ready to perish it is not enough that our impressions are not merely temporary but they may be continually yielding no result in consequence of our obstinate cleaving to the world truly the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked who can know it jeremiah chapter seventeen verse nine in the last place let us learn from this parable that there is only one evidence of hearing the word rightly that evidence is to bear fruit the fruit here spoken of is the fruit of the spirit repentance toward god faith toward the lord jesus christ holiness of life and character prayerfulness humility charity spiritual mindedness these are the only satisfactory proofs that the seed of god's word is doing its proper work in our souls without such proofs our religion is vain however high our profession it is no better than sounding brass and a tinkling cymbal christ has said i have chosen you and ordained you that ye should go and bring forth fruit john chapter fifteen verse sixteen there is no part of the whole parable more important than this we must never be content with a barren orthodoxy and a cold maintenance of correct theological views we must not be satisfied with clear knowledge warm feelings and a decent profession we must see to it that the gospel we profess to love produces positive fruit in our hearts and lives this is real christianity those words of st james should often ring in our ears be ye doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving your own selves james chapter one verse twenty two 
let us not leave these verses without putting to ourselves the important question. How do we hear? We live in a Christian country. We go to a place of worship Sunday after Sunday and hear sermons. In what spirit do we hear them? What effect have they upon our characters? Can we point to anything that deserves the name of fruit? We may rest assured that to reach heaven at last it needs something more than to go to church regularly on Sundays and listen to preachers. The word of God must be received into our hearts and become the mainspring of our conduct. It must produce practical impressions on our inward man that shall appear in our outward behavior. If it does not do this, it will only add to our condemnation in the day of judgment. End of section 37